2: Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God.
4: Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer
5: life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast.
0: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
4: Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Straight Fire for Wednesday, February 10th. Not a huge night in Sports Tuesday. We have a couple good stories and coming up, a phenomenal interview with a guy I've known for a while, Noah Kozlov. He has, I mean, he's done radio, he's done announcing, he's done everything. Um, He's got some fun projects percolating. We dive into the NBA but before we get to Noah, two action items. Number one, just a shout-out to uh, the big guy, Colin Cowherd. Get well soon, buddy. Uh, I'm sure you guys have now heard about his big health scare. He spent the Super Bowl weekend in the hospital. Um, scary stuff, man. Um, and uh, we hope he gets well soon. I texted with him uh, on Tuesday. Seems to be in good spirits. But uh, obviously, health matters first. Um, and hopefully, he's going to be back in action next week. Yeah. Um, I do want to quickly add it's a weird time in sports media. I mean, I don't know how how much you guys are into it, but over the last like 6 months there have been half dozen, maybe a do- a dozen relatively prominent sports media guys who have passed away. And like I don't know. I haven't been, I've been in the industry a long time. I don't remember anything like this. We're talking about um, uh, another one. A guy just passed away uh, yesterday, Therese Paylor. Um, I didn't personally know him. Rob G might have. But, you know, he was a 37-year-old journalist at Yahoo Sports. And then, obviously, over the weekend, Pedro Gomez from ESPN. um, Sekou Smith from NBA TV earlier, uh, I think, in January. A guy by the name of Chris Wessling from NFL Network. Like, uh, several others. It's just like, what's going on? And and somebody told me, listen, man, this is a stressful industry. Um, we're talking about a lot of guys who are sitting around a lot, watching sports. Not you know, you're, they're not active, and it's very difficult. Is a pressure packed industry. And I listen, I know grand scheme of things. Obviously, um, there's many many more things that are stressful than being a journalist. Um, but we're talking about a crumbling industry. I don't know what's going on with the health. I, I you know, I feel awful reading the tributes. Um, these young dads, these middle-aged dads, he's even got, Pedro Gomez was like 58. He's got like a kid in college, I think, or two. Um, just our colleagues and everything. It just, it's been, it's been depressing. And uh, so just 2021, try to get healthy folks, you know, just do your best to stay healthy. Without health, you got nothing. I, I thank the Lord every day I wake up healthy and have another day to come on a podcast and yell about sports because it's a lot of fun. Um, all right, one action item regarding sports before we get to Noah Kozlov. Um, Russell Wilson went on the Dan Patrick Show on Tuesday, and I I, I didn't think the comments were incendiary, but uh, you know this is the summer that the NFL or the off season the NFL is going to act like the NBA and everything's going to be a massive story. Aaron Rodgers loses. I don't know what's up. I don't know what's in the cards for me. People freak out. Much ado about nothing. Russell Wilson makes some comments about being unhappy that he doesn't have a say in the front office, and, um, you know, he needs help. And now everybody's like, well, could Russell Wilson go to the Colts? like, listen, I appreciate candor in athletes. I like them to speak their mind. That's great for content guys. That's amazing. I don't want guys who don't say anything. That does nothing. It gives us no material. So I applaud Russell Wilson for coming out and and sounding off. Now, the reality is, this isn't about Russell Wilson. This isn't about Aaron Rodgers. This is about, I'd say, 25% Tom Brady and 75% LeBron James. And no, I'm not making everything about LeBron. Hear me out. Okay? LeBron James is the one who really started the player empowerment movement. The super teams were started by Danny Ainge and the Celtics because Ainge recognized, damn, we can't take down LeBron. Let's get a super team. And he goes out and gets KG and Paul Pierce. Okay? K- I'm sorry. He gets KG and Ray Allen to join forces with Paul Pierce, and they take down LeBron. LeBron looks around and says, shit, man. What's my front office giving me? Antoine Jameson a- a- and 35-year-old Shaq? What? I'm going to create my own team. And that's when LeBron just said, I'm taking my legacy into my hands and I'm going to call the shots. It reminds me of that Tom Cruise movie, Rob G, you'll remember the name, I won't, where he's on an ocean liner or an oil rig or whatever it is and Somali pirates come on board and the guy points to his eyes and says, look at me, I'm the captain now. Like LeBron James is the captain saying, I want to play with that guy. I want to play with that guy. Come on down. I'm going to kind of play front office slash superstar. And what has it gotten, LeBron? To pass Michael Jordan. I mean, it's been amazing what LeBron's done over the last decade. And we saw that with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady leaves Belichick, goes to Tampa, says, Gronk, why don't you come out of retirement? Come play with me. Don't tell me you guys think it was Jason Licht and, and, and Bruce Arians uh, who convinced Rob Gronkowski to come out of retirement, okay? That was a Tom Brady job. Antonio Brown, also Tom Brady. By the way, if you go back and look at the early quotes of uh, Tampa coach Bruce Arians, he said, yeah, we don't need, we're good, we're good on receivers. We don't need Antonio Brown. Like a month later, Antonio Brown was at Tampa. And then they went out and got Leonard Fournette. I mean, listen, th- this is the Tom Brady factor. If he can go somewhere, call the shots, and win a Super Bowl, why the hell shouldn't Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers be able to have input into the front office? I'm being dead serious. I have no problems with that. Listen, Deshaun Watson had absolutely no say in Houston. Then they asked for his opinion. He gave it to them. They, they BS'd him, he, they lied to him, and then they didn't take any action on what he said. So, like, you can't screw it up if you're going to go to your star and ask, hey, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Russell Wilson brought you a Super Bowl in Seattle. He brought you within a play of a second Super Bowl. Why would you not include him in discussions? You know? I mean, to to bring it back to Colin Cowherd, he's the franchise at FS1. Okay? He is. He's the guy who chews up three hours on the radio and TV solo. Okay? It would be silly if FS1 didn't go to er, uh, Colin Cowherd and say, Hey man, who do you think is good? What do you, do you have any names? What do you think? Should we add this guy? What do you, who do you like? Like that's what smart organizations do. Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, you've done a little bit of winning in your career. Mm. Who do you want? Like Tampa had done nothing in 15 years. Of course it makes sense. Yeah. Seattle. Ask Russell Wilson, his thoughts. I mean, you, this goes on down the line, folks. Like, if you're an elite quarterback, yes, they should ask. I'm not saying they have to jump as soon as you give a request, but, I mean, at least bring the star into the fold. How how does that hurt? Rob G., what am I missing here? I didn't think anything Russell Wilson said was out of pocket.
3: No, I mean, that quote wasn't out of pocket. If you want to say something about what he said later in the day, because that was a Dan Patrick quote about wanting to have personnel input, but later on in the day, he did another Zoom conference with uh, reporters, and he mentioned that he was frustrated with getting hit so much and you know, that kind of thing. I'm not really a big fan of. I've never been a big fan of, of throwing your teammates under the bus. Even if you do try to, you know, sugarcoat it, that was, that was out of pocket. But as far as your comparison with the LeBron, Tom Brady situation, I think you're spot on. I might, I might have it inversed with 75 Brady, 25% LeBron. Um, but other than that, I think, I think that you're, you're right there. I think that, um, what Tom Brady this past season did in Tampa Bay, where, so many guys have said for years now, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the most notable one where he was openly campaigning for a wide receiver at the draft last season, and they took a quarterback. But he'd been saying, hey, get me a, a Stephon Diggs via trade. He's available. Nah, you know, we don't really do that. Okay, well, at least we're going to draft a wide receiver in the first round. Nah, you know what? There's a quarterback we'd like, so we're not going to yeah. do that either. When Tom Brady got to Tampa Bay, they knew that, you know, he's 43 years old, 42 years old. We're going to have to go all in. Tom you want uh, uh, Antonio Brown to come out of retirement I know he's not a fit Culturally but since you want him we'll get him You want uh, Rob Gronkowski you think he's Going to be a fit all right bring him in over Uh, We we already have um, uh, Ronald Jones and we just picked up Shady McCoy But you want Leonard Fournette all right we're going to go all in And I think that these quarterbacks Are seeing Russell Wilson In the latest example If my team would only be willing to go all in. I can win a Super Bowl like Tom Brady did. I just wish my team would do the same thing the Bucks did for Tom Brady. And it's, like we mentioned before, it's refreshing to see these guys kind of take their career yeah. into their own hands.
4: And, and I, I, just to be clear, throwing his teammates under the bus, I don't necessarily think he did that. But Rob G., I think you and I would agree. When you look at that Seattle team, it is Russell Wilson carrying it on the, his back. If you remove Russell Wilson from Seattle you're looking at maybe a three or four win team. There is just no talent on the offensive line. The defense couldn't stop a nosebleed all season, even after that Jamal Adams trade, which, by the way, has been a disaster. Like, just because you have DK Metcalf and Kevin uh, Lockett and and some good receivers, like, you can't automatically assume a backup quarterback is going to carry you. Russell Wilson, I know he takes a lot of sacks, but he also keeps a ton of plays alive. Gets no help from his defense. Like... I, I would say, you know, value is difficult to assess. Like, most valuable player, Aaron Rodgers, I get it. Um, I, I I just think Russell Wilson, if you remove him from Seattle, no team falls further.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, but you also got to, you know, be honest about it. Yes, he's a great quarterback. Yes, he is their franchise, but... You know what was it? Ever since he he trademarked "Let Russ Cook," his numbers went down the tube. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, they, if football is one of those sports. It's not like the NBA where one guy can you know li- literally put his team on his back and carry them. In football, there's a lot of moving parts. You're, every position is dependent on another position. We saw that in the Super Bowl with Pat Mahomes. Well, He's incredible, it, well, wait, and it, his it, offensive line let him down. Don't so, you
4: think on some level, Aaron Rodgers has carried them to thirteen and three the last two years?
3: of course of yeah. course but there's you know with the uh, you saw even against tampa with with when bakhtiari was down it didn't really matter too much against yeah. uh the rams because aaron Donald was banged up but when he against that front four in tampa <sighs> he he got sacked four times and you he went after re- not getting I can't touched believe,
4: i can't believe i didn't put this together you just said something super fascinating has any team won a super bowl where the final two games they played the left tackle of the opponent was down I, I totally uh, had forgotten about that. Th- Bakhtiari this, this, was down. This
3: is on par with that first Golden State championship when every player oh, was hurt.
4: God. everybody was hurt. <laughs> I, I need to look at. I need to look that up. But it's funny. Left tackle goes down. They sack Aaron Rodgers five times. Left tackle was goes down because they were okay. Remember, um, before Fisher went down, they were fine. Like Schwartz had missed like five games and they were okay. But Fisher going down was the straw that broke the camel's back. I'm I'm sure, by the way, you guys saw that video clip circling on social media on Tuesday where Mike Evans and Godwin on the sideline are in awe on, like, every single Patrick Mahomes dropback. They're like, he's a magician! How is he doing this? What? You know, their minds were blown. I'm sure you saw that, Rob, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, and it just... Anyways, all right, I've gone on long enough. Uh, any other thoughts on Russell Wilson, Rob? For Rob, Rob G., what's the percentage chance Russell Wilson is playing anywhere besides Seattle in week one next year?
3: Uh, that would be 0.0%. Oh, hard. I
4: thought you maybe give it a one or something. Yeah, I'm no. With, <laughs> no shot. Uh, all right, without further ado, here's Noah Kozlov.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, And the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip.
1: I thought...
0: You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports.
6: I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy.
4: All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire, a guy I've known probably for 10 to 15 years now. Um, he's claimed to fame is beating me in tennis and I mean, whooping me in tennis back in the day. Uh, I talked a lot of smack, you know, I'm a, I'm a weekend warrior tennis guy and you know, lo and behold, Noah is like number one seed on his team in high school and just dismantles me. <laughs> Noah Kozlov live from New York city. How are you, Noah?
7: <laughs> I'm good at that. It's funny that my bet, that, if that's my claim to fame, I guess I should put it in some sort of social media bio, how right? Like maybe just in, like yeah. eliminate, I'll eliminate rejecting the screen podcast yes. and just throw in once dismantle Jason McIntyre and yes. tennis.
4: Well, actually what's cooler is he has a podcast with his elementary school daughter. Obviously I have young kids. You guys know about that. I just, I love how it's a unique idea bringing your daughter on the podcast and talking about like hashtag dad life, right? <laughs>
7: Yeah, that one's called the follow-up. And that one started about three years ago. I was doing it on my own. And and you were a guest on the follow-up where I would send a friend of mine from all sorts of walks of life. I'd send them one question and say, all right, here's what I'm going to start with. And then we're just going to have a conversation, see where it goes to prove that in a 10, 15 minute time span. As long as you're listening to each other, you can have a thoughtful, entertaining conversation Mm. because you know it from listening to so many podcasts, so many radio shows, doing so many interviews yourself that you oftentimes are listening to an interview and you hear something that's just dynamite from the guest. And I think you do a good job of this. And a lot of hosts will just move on to the next question that they've had prepared. <laughs> but I know you from listening to you, Jason, a lot of times you'll say, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, 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 no, let, we got to stay on this. But as a listener, so often you just hear these gems left on the table because the host just wasn't listening. So I would have friends on from all walks of life. And then I started interviewing my daughter like the day before she turned three years old and then coming back from vacation, et cetera. And then, once this whole period of isolation started, she asked me, can I be the co-host with you? And ah. I said, yeah, let's do it. And then I asked the folks over at Vocal who I do the podcast through. They said, we'd love it. Can you put it on camera? I asked Eden. She said, yes. So now it's, it's just the two of us talking about anything that she wants to talk about. And I think it's been a, and as, as a father of young kids too, you understand it's been a great, learning tool for her at six years old. Now she turned six in October of conversations Mm -hmm. and giving more detail and not giving yes or no answers and really expounding on certain thoughts and having presentation skills that hopefully will Mm -hmm. lead to greater confidence and take her far. I know people
4: are excited to hear about the NBA. We'll get to that in a second, but just to follow up uh, on you and the daughter. <laughs> I, I will say there are moments and not as many recently where I'm introducing my kid or, Hey, say hello to Mr. XYZ. And there's like, hi. And that's it. And I'm like, you know, you know how to have a conversation. Like I'm not putting you on the spot, but Hey, how are you doing? You know, like, uh, a- actually interact. Cause you're able to do that. And you I'm your daughter's going to knock him dead. Now, Noah, are you basically getting ahead of the curve on this whole You know how like people are making millions of dollars unboxing Christmas presents on uh YouTube or whatever? That's what you're doing with your daughter on the podcast, right? That's obviously the play.
7: That that is the the play. I don't want to work. Uh my wife does not want to work, so let's put my daughter to work at this age. No, actually it's she's never seen those videos and doesn't Yeah, no my kids. Like, go on YouTube. I don't think she knows that that world exists. And honestly, knowing knowing Eden so well, she would look at that and her first comment would be, Wait, they, "They're so messy. They just <laughs> rip open the wrapping paper like oh that." Um, she'd that that would not be her world. This is uh, this is this is purely to have just conversations mm-hmm. together. We never talk about how many people watch, how many people listen. She thinks it's really cool if someone does send a thought, say it's on Facebook about like a recipe that she might like. Yeah. She loves that. So it's been, uh, it has certainly been the highlight of the pandemic.
4: So every time I bring Noah on my uh, weekend radio show, we do NBA. And usually we get into a disagreement about something, but there's a time limit. No, no time limit here, Noah. Uh, So a lot of good NBA topics happening right now. Uh, I sent you a list of stuff and I got to be honest, this, I keep hearing from people that, oh, Jokic is going to win the MVP. Like, it's got to be Jokic. He's the guy. Joel Embiid, he's got to be the MVP. And you know, I looked this up, and I think I said it to you, um, the last pure center to win the MVP was Shaq in 2000. I don't count Duncan or KG as a center. Some people might. Um, I got to be honest. I know Embiid and Jokic have been great and tremendous, and they're not pure back-to-the-basket centers, but I think it's going to be LeBron this year. And I know it's early, but are you on the Jokic Embiid train or LeBron?
7: LeBron. No LeBron. And, and I all, and I oftentimes look at who's going to win MVP based on the narrative and what has happened the year before. And even if LeBron had, this year had said, the plan is, and look, LeBron is playing at a level that I didn't, I expected LeBron to play at a crazy high level just because I always say that Father time doesn't catch up to LeBron because LeBron James is father time. So this year I thought that LeBron was going to take off games early, but as soon as you started to see him playing every night, it's like, all right, well, why MVP? That's what he wants. He, he wants the MVP at this age. He wants all the things that will differentiate him from Michael Jordan and put him in a category all by himself across all, all of sports. And I think what Tom Brady did I think, I think that's something that mm. motivates LeBron when he sees all the love that Brady got at 43 for winning the Super Bowl. So even if LeBron had taken off some time or at least hadn't put as much effort into the game as he is and had said early, AD's our guy, AD's our guy, AD's our guy. If he had said that, we would have gotten to the end of the season and he would have had crazy assist numbers and you still would have heard, well, nobody was putting up assist numbers at that age like LeBron is. So LeBron is just, he's setting himself up on and off the court with the narrative and the play. LeBron is the MVP. But a question, a question for you on that is, and it's a question that Adam Stenko and I had on rejecting the screen this week, is who's the next face of the league? Mm. We, we thought about it with, with Brady retiring, and then whenever LeBron does hang it up, say it's in four or five years. So four or five in four years? Four or so five years. Sure. If it's in oh, four I, or five I years, how, like, uh, no, it's just flippantly. It, like, yeah. 41. No but why not? <laughs> why, like, he showed, he has shown no sign. Like we always say that. All right. Eventually it's going to happen. Eventually it's going to happen. It, it, when you say eventually eight times, yeah, you got to just stop right. and just wait for it to happen because you stop saying eventually. So the face, the next face of the league, the guy has to, it can't be Steph because in the next four or five years, yeah. then he's it's almost like outlasting Steph. So it's someone that has won titles to be the face of the league. Giannis has two MVPs. The league would love to promote a, a foreign player as face of the league, but would that be the guy in the United States? Jokic, uh, Doncic, Embiid. It, like, those guys don't have the highlights that – well, Luca does, of course, and so does Giannis. But back to Embiid and Jokic, they don't have the highlights to – fill the screens yeah. that the next generation is consuming the NBA on to be the face of the NBA. I think, I think it's pretty fascinating, but I think back to the MVP question, it, it's, it's LeBron.
4: Yeah. I mean, Jokic is weird. Cause his stats are insane. The player efficiency ratings, some of his passes are highlight real stuff. The bombs, uh, the great vision that he's got. I just, and and I hope this doesn't roil the purists. Um, I just don't think, the NBA is going to uh, vote in a, a center. Can I call him Dowie? I hope that's on a slight. He's a Dowie center who plays for the Denver Nuggets as MVP, unless they're like
7: the best record in the league and winning the title. I just, I don't see that happening. Right. Right. So that's the thing. You've got to have, well, and he's lost a lot of weight. Looks he has. Good. Yes. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to call him Dowie to his face. Yes, I would not either. I mean, <laughs> I mean As we record this, they're a game over 500. Exactly. So, yeah. Come on. Come, I mean the Lakers the Lakers are 19 the Lakers are 19 and 6 Wait,
4: but that Stop also it. brings up the 76ers and um, I'm going to get to some of their numbers in a minute they listen they've been great um, I don't know how much of it is the Bucks coming back to the pack a little bit um, just the change with a coach there, I, listen, I want to give Seth Curry some credit, but, uh, you know, there's nights when he's like, you know, two
7: for seven, five points. Like, well, yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, he battled, he battled COVID yeah. and, and he's, he's still not, he is not a hundred percent.
4: Um, so, you know, and you're a Philly guy, by the way, you've worked, you've worked in the media. That's why I like asking you this question. Like the media still votes for it. And I just, I have to ask Noah. Do you think the media likes or doesn't like LeBron? And let me preface it by saying a lot of the media currently, 30, 40, 50-year-old guys, grew up watching Michael Jordan, loving him. He's their favorite player. Um, And I do think, but maybe it's just me, people take offense to the idea that LeBron could overtake their hero, the guy they grew up watching.
7: I don't think that plays into it as much as you might think. The media does like LeBron, especially LA media. LA media, yes. I mean, you can tell who continues to want access from LeBron based on votes. But look, the deal is you can always make an argument for LeBron being MVP. So anybody who ever votes for LeBron MVP, you're never gonna be pushed out the door because you can always make the case that, well, my criteria for MVP is who do I want leading my team in a seven-game series in the NBA Finals? That's LeBron Okay, Gibbs. so
4: time out, Noah. Uh, you know, it's easy to say that. I just had to Google this. The last time LeBron won MVP, 2013 with the Miami Heat. If he's so good so- and the best player and he's always winning and the media's had all these chances to vote him MVP, why have we seen Russell Westbrook with a triple double. James Harden,
7: Giannis, like yeah. This is the same reason we we saw it when Jordan wasn't winning MVP. It's just absurd. Just it's that fatigue. So so I think that there has been so much conversation about LeBron winning MVP and how it's he's hmm. continues to be the best player in the. You can always make the argument that he's the best player in the league, and that he hasn't won one. Going on now, this would be the eighth year in a row if he didn't win. Not winning MVP. Come on. Okay. There's there's way too many arguments to make for LeBron being MVP that this year he wouldn't be unless you know. Look, and with Embiid, I think you're just and Sixers fans, the front office, everybody just holds their breath about Embiid breaking down. So I do think that the playoffs have a lot to do with it, even though it's a regular season award, unless your numbers are stupid like the. Russell Westbrook, triple-double yeah. season.
4: Which, and it, which, in hindsight, like, it not whatever. Anyways, I don't want to go in on Westbrook. Let's stay in L.A. I was going to save the Clippers for later because I was able to find a lot of uh, negative Clippers stuff. I Listen, nobody, uh, you know, I've been out here in L.A. almost five years now. I don't know anybody who likes the Clippers. It's almost like hate. And what happened with them melting down in the playoffs last year, Noah, you'd think, okay, coaching change. They got rid of Harrell. Um, I don't know if they got better on the roster. Noah, this is staggering. Um, According to the stats on Mm NBA.com, the Clippers are dead last in the NBA in clutch time defensive rating. Clutch time, last five minutes a game, point differential of five or less. Clippers Mm -hmm. dead last in defensive rating. They are 28th in plus-minus in the clutch, okay? Mm -hmm. They are only 5-7 and in those clutch games. 26th in field goal percentage in the clutch. Noah, how does this happen after the Denver meltdown? And I don't think this is a team that's going to win a title. I'm be, I don't see it happening.
7: I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the PG has, that Paul George has barely played in the clutch this year. So they've had, they've had so many lopsided games. Mm. So I don't look so deep into it as the numbers would suggest right now. And I also, I'm, I've been having a really difficult time just simply analyzing the league this year oh. because of all the external factors. And, and I felt the same way going into the bubble that it's look, this just isn't real basketball. And and the team that's going to win it in the end or might be there in the end, isn't the best team on paper. It's the team that's going to be able to do it mentally and emotionally as well. And I think that's what led the heat to get there also. But looking at the numbers with Paul George and Kawhi on the floor together. So when they're on the floor together, they're 15 and three and they've got as a two man lineup, they're a plus 21 net rating as a two man lineup for and for guys in two man lineups that have played over 400 minutes together. So for context, PG and have played 432 minutes together. That's either the best two man lineup in the league or right there at the top. For comparison's sake, LeBron and AD have played 482 minutes together, and they're a plus 16 net rating mm. when they're on the floor together. So I think a lot of it has to do with the lack of continuity with the Clippers lineup. And also, Lou Williams has been garbage.
4: Well, let's dive into awful. that. Um, He's
7: been awful. Is that because he so not I, be, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he ends up being traded, but that mm. was a guy that they relied on in the clutch in the past, and Lou Williams has been... Arrentis.
4: What do they do though? Because they, they they bring in Luke Kennard and they don't ba- They barely play him in the fourth quarter. I don't know what that move was about. Like, okay, I get it. Kawhi, Paul Georgia, your top two. Who's number three on that team? Who's your third alpha? They
7: don't have a, a well. I mean, alpha in personality, it's it's Pat Beverly, but Oof. alpha as far as who you're going to give Leader, the ball to, get the ball
4: to, yeah, right. So
7: like like Nick Batum has been nice as oh. a role player, shooting the ball in the corner, but he's not a he's not a playmaker. They don't they don't have a they don't have that third playmaker if Lou Will is not the guy. You, what do you think the trade market's like for Lou Williams? What is he thirty two? I mean, yeah, and his play and his playoff numbers are oftentimes worse than his than his regular season. Yeah, he's season a regular numbers. season
4: guy who can heat up against yeah. Orlando. You know, in March, and, and and torch him, and then in a big game, LeBron is playoff hunting him, uh, mm-hmm. and saying, "Get him over here. I want to take him to the rack and, and put him in the torture chamber." I, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Lou Williams gets dealt. Are the Clippers for you a contender in the West?
7: As much as anybody can be a contender mm. against the Lakers, I mean, why not? Yeah. Why not? I mean, when you when you have when you have PG and and Kawhi if healthy, and that's a problem with with Paul George just just staying healthy, and we're seeing it again. Um, they just, they simply cannot afford any sort of injury, either one of those guys. I think, I think the the Lakers and the jazz have been terrific, but for me, the jazz, it's a, you've got it. You've got to show it to me in the playoffs, which I think is, um, which is an under understandable to say, and fair to say, but I think the, I think the, the Lakers are the clear favorites. And I think the jazz and the Clippers, and if the nuggets can, if they can get it together, mm-hmm. if they can get it together, yeah. they certainly have the talent to do so. But outside of that, I don't see anybody else. Yeah,
4: it's, you made a great point with like, I have a hard time analyzing the NBA. So the Mavericks, for instance, are currently mm-hmm. 13th in the West, but they are three wins from being fourth. Uh, you know, so right. the middle class is just overflowing. I, I, listen, I know a lot of, not a lot of people care about the Utah Jazz, although a buddy of mine who's a producer on Undisputed is a huge jazz fan and just will randomly send me notes. Uh, hashtag take note. Um, <laughs> I thought this would be them last year with Conley, and I, and I got laughed at. I thought they would have the best record in the West. This was pre-pandemic and everything. And they are on fire. Uh, and again, I know it's a small sample size, but if if I'm going to go after the Clippers for struggling in the clutch – the Jazz, Noah, and again, it's just a tiny sample size. They are shooting 58% in the clutch. Unsustainable. That is by far best in the league. And and, and this is a Utah team. I don't know. Like, Are you afraid of
7: Utah in the postseason? If they keep playing the way they're playing, absolutely. But yeah. we just we don't know if they can do it yeah. that way in the playoffs. So the other night... Have you been on that clubhouse app before? I have,
4: yes, a little bit. Okay. I haven't really dove deep in... in right, so,
7: so either of I. And the NBA asked me to participate in their in their first ever, like, clubhouse in-game thing. Okay. And so I was doing this two weeks ago. Oh. And Sean Marion was up on the stage and a few other former players and, and um, some other influencers or media members. I, I don't... I didn't know who they were. And... Someone asked, uh, oh, Roz uh, Day was hosting it. And, and Roz said, what about Donovan Mitchell for MVP? Mm. And a few people were like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I said, hold up. Donovan Mitchell is not even the MVP of his own team mm. right now. And I got the, whoa, Sean Marion gave me the, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I was like, I mean, you can make the argument that it's Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, then Donovan Mitchell. And mm. it's, not a, it's not a hate on Donovan Mitchell, but Rudy Gobert has been Certainly, the most valuable guy on that team, and Mike Conley is the Mike Conley that we expected last year, and 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 last year just wasn't actually sure how to mm-hmm. fit in, and then you get all those other contributions from elsewhere, and bodan has been has has started to come on, and and Joe Ingles is fills that role perfectly. Yeah. I I really I really like that team. It's,
4: it's it's so funny you say that. Um, I guess like the casual fan would say, yeah, Donovan Mitchell for MVP, and then I just punched up their player efficiency rating. Gobert, tops. I mean, he's been tremendous as usual. Conley, mm-hmm. second. But this is a guy, listen, the, number three is Jordan Clarkson above Donovan Mitchell in player efficiency rating. <laughs> Jordan Clarkson probably in line to win sixth man of the year, right? He's been Bucket. awesome off the bench. He Bucket. is like a microwave oven coming off the bench. He's just going to get buckets left and right. Vinny yeah. Vinny
7: Johnson of 2021. Bucket.
4: I mean, he still doesn't play a whole heck of a lot of defense, but, I mean,
7: really, does uh, anyone in the NBA play defense right now? Noah? <laughs> right, that's I mean, an understatement. I, dude, I took Wait. such a bat. Okay, go ahead. No, no, no. So when, when you said, does anyone play any defense anymore? So, did, so KG's got a book coming out. And okay. he did a Q&A in the New York Times yesterday. And he said that he was asked about today's game. And he said, I don't think there are a lot of guys who played 20 years ago that could play today. Hold on, hold on. Not, A lot of not, guys who not played the, 20 years ago. I don't think be, they could play today. 100%. And, and we're not talking about the stars. He's talking about the guys that run from like corner to corner and to corner to corner to shoot threes, defend the three-point line, those types of guys. And he said, back then, we could, play, we, could play with our, we could play with our hands. Now you can't play defense with your hands. So you have to be even better with your footwork, even faster. Think, like, so he's saying that back then it was easier to play defense. Usually it's the only argument is nobody plays defense. Look how easy it is to score. Oh, his argument, so was, his argument yeah. is look how to be a good defender, how much harder you have to work now. And that was something we certainly don't hear from Shaq and yeah. Charles ever. Yeah. But I thought that was something interesting from KG talking about Guys playing defense now.
4: Well, Shaq and Charles love to protect their era. 90s basketball was the greatest thing on earth, obviously. Now, right? I mean, goodness Such gracious. trash. It, it, uh, it's laughable. But that's an interesting theory by KG. And I, I, it does go back to, hey, man, uh, Michael Jordan beat up a really inferior league in the 90s. Now, I know KG was 2000s. But the offensive skill right now in the NBA is off the chart. We've never seen a league this good. I mean, Zach Levine is putting up ridiculous numbers. He's, he's an insane talent. This is a guy, by the way, he reminds me of like Tracy McGrady. He's not even going to be an all-star this year. That's how stacked the league is. Mm-hmm. Like at what point will people realize that the NBA now is way better than the product from the 2000s and even the 90s? And Noah, the, we say that about every sport. Oh, the best players are the ones now, except the NBA. Why does this happen? Help me understand it.
7: <laughs> Just look, I, I think it's, I think it's very, very different. I think the games I, I uh, you know, guys playing in certain eras, certain guys would be able to play today. If you, you know, depends on, it, it also depends on the rules the, the guys now can do certain things that guys o- offensively that the players in the eighties and nineties couldn't do because of the rules, but also guys are doing things now because of the rules that, those guys 20 30 years ago never even considered doing so I, I have i always have a tough time i always have a tough time with that yeah. but the, but the talent level the athleticism the creativity that and the access to being able to remain at such a high level you know access to resources is on another level
4: um, bradley beal is stuck on one of the worst teams in the league he's leading the nba in scoring i mean i think he has the most 40 point games this year if the play when the playoffs begin, what team is Bradley Beal playing for? We know it ain't the Wizards. Who's it going to be?
7: A classic Jason McIntyre question. It's I a it's, it's a little loaded, but uh, he I would is. ask. I would ask. I would ask this same type of question, and then like that's the headline that you get and then put out. Um, the o- The only team that that I can think of. That would have the assets to do it would be Denver. Yeah. Now, I'm not so sure why they are married to <laughs> Michael Porter. That was Jr. my follow up question. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not sure why they're so married to him. If you can if you can get him without it, and it, it involves all the first round picks, kind of like that Nets deal, all the first round picks, the swaps, and then you're giving up some players. It don't include Michael Porter Jr., maybe it works. Gary Harris, maybe that works. RJ Hampton, others. You know, if I'm the Wizards, I would accept that.
4: Yeah. I would. You know, Brian Windhorst was on here before the season, and he's talking up Michael Porter Jr. like he's untouchable. And I was like, what's his ceiling, Noah? And I floated out, I think Michael Porter Jr. at his absolute best could be a Tracy McGrady type player. I have since dialed that back. Um, some of the stuff you hear about Porter, like, you know, he's always injured. You know, he's a little spacey. I think he got COVID twice. He's a COVID denier. Says a lot of crazy shit. Um, he said some crazy stuff during that Clippers series. Um, there's a bit of an ego. Like I like Michael Porter. I'm. I don't. I don't. I don't get the Denver Nuggets'
7: absolute love for him. What am I missing? I don't know the guy personally. I can't speak to. I, I can only speak to what is out there about what he has said and what he has said in the past. I like him as a player, but I don't get the, Mm. no matter what we cannot trade him. Even if it is for a Bradley Beal in his prime, that could help us contend for an NBA title. Like, I don't, I don't get that. That that's, that's the move you make.
4: Is Labello ball the most exciting player in the NBA this season? (laughs) I don't know why freaking love
7: watching yeah because
4: i know you were i think you were nearly the charlotte hornets announcer or something
7: uh yeah i was yeah i was up up for their radio job for this second time in three years still waiting still waiting to hear back from them as to why i wasn't chosen instead of just getting that hr form letter but that would have this is a good team man yeah it's a lot it's they're they are they're fun to watch And, and like every night there are guys on almost every team that you should want to put on and watch. There are guys that like like Trey could Trey Young could go for forty. You wanna you wanna watch it.
3: Let me pause
7: you on Trey Young for a sec.
4: Is the bloom a little bit off that rose given the John Collins stuff, um and Trey Young kind of sulking when he when they push back on him and you know, the Hawks go out and get a million guys, Trey's num- Trey's numbers are down. I, I don't
7: Yeah, yeah, I no, I agree, I agree with that. Like the value of Trey Young was higher last year than this year. Right. I I agree. But, like, but there are certain guys that can go out there, like Devin Booker and other guys that, all right, you're going to get, you can get 40, and that's going to be a fun watch. But when LaMelo has the ball, it, now I'm not comparing him to Iverson. Ooh. But when I was, I'm not comparing. There's a headline, Noah. Thank you. (laughs) But, But when I, but when I was a kid watching Iverson, and it was like when, I would watch Eric Lindros with the puck or my cousins in Pittsburgh who loved hockey. And they're watching Mario Lemieux. When they touch, when when Lindros would touch the puck, when Iverson would have the ball, you'd move to the edge of your seat. And that's the vibe I get from LaMelo. Like when LaMelo's in a game, you move to the edge of your seat. And when he gets the ball, you're like, you can't, you can't sit still. You're waiting to see what he's going to do. And that's, that's a must watch player. That's the definition of excitement that you could be sitting back on the couch. LaMelo gets the ball and you start to, you start to inch forward a little bit more.
4: So sort of like Steph Curry over the last six years.
7: Yeah. In, in, in a, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you know, honestly. For Curry. Right. 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 Yeah. It, but in a, in a little bit, in a little bit of a different way uh, just because the shooting numbers haven't been there as obviously as consistently as steps have been during Steph's prime, but, but yes, that way, that way, with Steph, is kind of how I feel about Lamelo.
4: I am. I, I know. You know. We've gone long here. I am curious as to how. You know. You to tie this back to your earlier question, future face of the league. You asked this last year, and it was Luca and Zion battling it out. Both have really fallen on hard times. Uh, Mavs are struggling. I keep trying to think that they were going to be in the mix for Beal, but I don't know if they have the assets. Um, given that the Knicks have their pick next year and uh, that Porzingis deal the Pelicans are also, like, not a good team. I, I don't know what the problem is. You're hearing, like, no juice around Zion. I, what's your take on the Pelicans here 22 games in?
7: Yeah, I think it's just a, a, a weird mix with Stan and a bunch of the young guys. That, that's what I think it He's is. He's not playing I think, I think, Redick. Right, I think it's I think it's a... I think it's just an odd mix of guys. And recently... They've been a whole lot better. So in the past about month, at the very least, the offense has been a whole lot better, and they've been playing better at they've been playing a bit better at end of games also. So I'm I'm not willing to to close the book on the Pelicans mm-hmm. just yet. Um, but that's that's another interesting team to to watch around the deadline to see what they're going to do. And look, when you have, when you have young guys and stand your coach, I, I do think you are going to go through some you are going to go through some ups and downs. Yeah, you
4: know him but a little again, bit, don't you? but
7: that no, I don't know Stan at all. Mm-mm. I thought, but, I thought but you guys interviewed I think that, him. Never, no, okay, whoops, Mm-mm. my bad. Mm-mm. And I thought I thought he did a really nice job on TV. I thought he was, yeah. I thought he was honest. I think, I thought he was a strong game commentator.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, was he a curious he, hire for a young team? This is like an old school dude.
7: Yeah, I thought so at the time. Yeah. But but they did have but they had veterans there as well and they still do. You know, and JJ's a, a professional, Steven Adams as well, Eric Bledsoe, like they they have they have mm-hmm. professionals. Um it's just a matter of what is the right mix for right now and the future. So they might they might be yeah, caught you a bit in the but but I think they're still going to be okay.
4: No, well, you know that clock is ticking on Zion, okay? One year down, this is the second one. Um I eh you, you got to put a winning team around him. I, the, the, the fact that they think David Griffin, a million draft picks, and Stan Van Gundy is the answer, I am a little troubled by that. You know, we just saw them lose Anthony Davis, and it was gutting. It was ugly. And I can already see this playing out with Zion again in a few years.
7: I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait to see what happens at the deadline, what they can get for Redick, uh, if, if they move Lonzo. I think there's there's still things there are still things to be done. Where
4: there. do you think Redick's going, Sixers?
7: If this Seth Curry thing continues to go the yeah. way it's going, with with Seth not being healthy, I could see that. Especially with how well he played with uh, with Embiid, yeah. and I and I think the Pelicans would do right by him. Maybe try to get him back towards the Northeast and and, and closer yeah. to his family. I think Boston might be an option. Mm. But I think Boston might be looking. Big that can shoot. Yeah, I, I think right now I'd put I put the Sixers in, in the driver's seat. for that. Uh,
4: Redick apparently really is. I guess his family lives in Brooklyn and he really Brooklyn, wants yeah. to be there. But they 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 got nothing. Got no need for a thirty six year old shooting guard or, huh? no, well, not in
7: Brooklyn, not yeah, in Brooklyn. But but friends. but yeah, but Philly could be an option.
4: All right, here we are, February tenth. Who is going to the NBA Finals? Let's hear the prediction.
7: Sixers and the Lakers. Interesting. And the Sixers. It's I'm still waiting with bated breath to see how they're going to handle playing in the half court in the playoffs. And if, if it, if it starts to rear its head again about not having another playmaker that can actually shoot. Mm. Um, But the way that Embiid has dedicated himself to his body and the way Simmons has played and, and when they're on the floor together, that they are dynamite. The Nets, as good as they are, you you're gonna have to in the NBA finals. Games are played a lot of times. At least two or three in the finals are played in the low hundreds. Mm-hmm. And you know, unless you go back to like 2017 when the Warriors beat the Cavs four-one, those and and the the Warriors were putting yeah. up crazy offensive yeah. numbers. They had the second best defense in the league. Right, in the Nets' defense is is non-existent. Yeah. And that's not just something that you just I, end up. I, I just wonder, out.
4: give me the Sixers starting backcourt defensively against Kyrie Irving and James Harden. And, and who's Joel Embiid defending? He ain't going to go. Ch- I mean, you could, what are you
7: going to put him on Jeff green and sit him in the corner? I, mm-hmm. I, you I could do that. And, but, but again, in the, in the playoffs, you go a lot of half court. So, so, so who's going to, so who's going to guard, who's going to guard Embiid. I'll give and him, him all the twos could- he wants. You could flip it that way. Give him the twos and the free
4: throws. I'll trade you for twenty-five threes from Harden, Kyrie, Joe Harris, yeah. and KD. I, I mean, I listen. I have a bet, a futures bet on Sixers Lakers that pays pretty well in the finals. Um, and the more I watch the Nets, I'm like, my gosh, who? How are the Sixers defending them? You can't put. I mean, I guess you could hide Seth Curry on Joe Harris, but
7: what is the starting backcourt defensively like? Shake Milton? Yeah, I don't know how it's gonna look. But that, again, it. Again, well, Tybal's gonna have to be a big part. You can't it. shoot and you
4: can't have I him know. and Ben Simmons on the court. I think Simmons matches up with great with Durant. Um, maybe you put Simmons on Harden, um, which is fun. Right, but having
7: but you're right, but having Tybal and Simmons out there together is a problem. Yeah. But look, I, I mean, and I am penciling I'm penciling the Lakers in here, and Anthony Davis is hurt and things aren't all roses with the way he's played this year yeah. either. But it's he's coming but off but his first ring. Cut
4: the guy some slack. A D finally got a ring. He wants to rest a little bit. Remember, before he got to the Lakers, he, had the, he was always, like, fragile and injured, you know? Um, I, I'm, he's, like, the least of my worries on the Lakers. Um,
7: well, but I'm saying, just, just on, on the whole, is that, you know, how is that all going to work, just even with, you know, a few, like, Marc Gasol hasn't been good. He's been bad, yeah.
4: <laughs> but doesn't matter. They have Talon Horton Tucker. Come on! Right. Noah, seriously, he's awesome, dude. He is. That guy's ridiculously talented. All right, taking up enough of your time. Noah Kozlov, uh, how many places do you have? You're taking more paychecks than I am, Noah. I know the new media model is, you know, have like three, four, five revenue sources. I
7: feel like you have eight. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there are a few that are public and a few that aren't. Uh, yes, but, uh, yes. I, I'd I'm say, worried. Uh, you want to talk about those that aren't or?
6: No, okay. I mean, it's, All right. it's
7: there. No need, no need, no yeah. need to promote it. Listen, but the it's, it's interesting stuff, the podcast, the rejecting the screen podcast, that's the, uh, for this audience is the the basketball podcast. And if you're interested in conversations with a six year old girl, my daughter, yeah. that's, uh, Do, the podcast you, that, that one's called the follow-up.
4: You had a guest on rejecting the screen. I forget who it was either in the last couple months or maybe late 2020. Um, I think I texted you instantly like, wow, that was, it was great. You you get guys to open up with great
7: stories, which I I really like. Thank you. Yeah. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Yeah. There've been, been a few of those guys that uh, (laughs) like Reggie Theus I asked him about his head coach at the time with, with the bulls. And he said, uh, that guy, it was Kevin Lockery. I said, so who do you think Kevin Lockery? And he goes, Kevin Lockery's an asshole, <laughs> and then and then, and then you go down that path, and yeah, yeah there've been there've been some uh, some really terrific personal Lockery, stories.
3: Former
4: Washington Bullets head coach, plaid wearing in the eighties, I believe. Gosh, that's embarrassing. That I know
0: that. All right, Noah Koslov, enjoy New York City. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks, pal. All State wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch garage. And the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
5: Hi, checking in for...
1: Or the perfect table.
5: Hey, where are you? Coming!